what can young creatives or creatives just starting out in the business do to be noticed as freelancers or as full-time employees? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. And welcome to the Command Z Show. How you doing, Shelby? I'm doing all right. It's a Friday. It's rainy here, but... Is it? Yeah. I'm okay with that, though. It's been so terribly dry. The pollen's been awful. I haven't been able to smell for like three weeks. It's okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, fall has officially started and temperature has just dropped here in so. Ohio. It's it's fun. I got my Jack Skellington inflatable up. Oh, you got it up? I did. Uh, I'm. It is nine to ten feet tall. Uh, it's huge. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I surprised the kids with it whenever they got home from school yesterday. That's cool. Turn that thing on. Uh, the baby, uh, the two-year-old, he's pretty frightened still a little oh, bit, no. but he needs to get used to it. He the needs world to get used to it. world's <laughs> tough, kid. Get used to the Jack yeah. Skellington. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, nice. So uh, we we are guestless today, uh, but we have, uh, we have a question that uh, I'll let you ask the question, but um, to kind of tee it up just a little bit, came from a LinkedIn message that I received from somebody. I couldn't find that message again, so I can't credit this person with actually asking the question. I'm sorry. Um, but it's a good one and something that I think will be pretty beneficial for some, maybe most. I don't know. We'll see. Shelby, Let's go ahead. I think the main question here today is, what can young creatives or creatives just starting out in the business do to be noticed as freelancers or as full-time employees? Yes. Amazing question. Um, and something that I've thought about for at least 15 to 20 years now. And that's, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting that you, you bring this up now. Uh, I just last week, I, for the first time ever, was invited to speak to a group of high school art students. Um, I've taught at art schools at the college level before, but I've never gone that far down in the grade levels before. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it was it was really scary to me because I was like, most of these kids do not want me here. They just want to go home and like, I don't know. It's it's really interesting to think about like just that, <laughs> right, and they're like. I don't know. And there was definitely a good chunk of them. Like, I think about myself in high school. I'm like, okay, I didn't, I loved making stuff, but I didn't really care to listen to anybody that made stuff. Mm. Like, it was just like, oh, okay, another person here. Um, but that was a question that a lot of, a lot of students were kind of asking me about. Is like, okay, how do we, like, we, yeah, we, we understand, like, we have to be good at, at these things, but like, how do we actually get started? Mm -hmm. Um, and it really made me think that there's, there's a lot of different ways to answer that question, depending on where people are at in their lives and their career. Um, so I, you know what, let me kind of start at that beginning step and we'll kind of work through some of these. Cause again, I think there's like three or four different stages here. 
And I think that first one is at that high school level. I think it is, you know, what, what do you do at that point to be able to make a career, make a creative career for yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> and the class that I spoke to, that was at uh, Gahanna Lincoln High School. And uh, they have an art program that is way beyond anything that I ever had the opportunity <laughs> to do whenever I was in high school. Like I had art one and art two. Like, I think pretty sure that's, like, all we had. It's the extent. Yeah, and they have, like, a digital media class. They have a portfolio class. That's cool. Like, and they have, like, traditional art stuff. I want to go um, back. I want to take those classes. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I kept thinking about. I was like, man, that's so cool. And, um, I, you know, looking around at some of the work that these students are doing, it was also interesting because, like, I, I asked them to raise their hand of, like, okay, who here is actually interested in making a career out of this? And there was at least five or six of the 20 students that raised their hands. And I was like, okay, if that question was asked in my high school, <laughs> I would have probably been the only one that raised my hand. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, like that's, that's pretty interesting. That that's a thing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it got me thinking like, what can they do at that moment when they are, 10th, 11th, 12th grade mm-hmm. to sort of take those steps to begin a, a creative career. And I think the, I think the biggest thing is that, that at that point right there, it's almost about finding if it's something that you actually love or not. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the most important thing. Like at that level, it's like, okay, do they need to have this crazy portfolio? Do they need like all this stuff? And it's like, it certainly helps, but <clears throat> at that stage, I, I honestly believe that it's really about finding love. Like, do you do you actually love this enough to keep doing mm-hmm. it, or is it just kind of a thing that you just kind of like? And um, I, I, if I was to go back even even farther into elementary middle school and like what advice would I give and it's it gets it gets to be more parenting advice but this is kind of like even for at the high school level it's like if you notice that your kid has a love for this stuff that's not something to ignore it's something that you have to it's also it's not something that you can push necessarily either it's this really delicate balance of like how do you surround them with the things that they like without it feeling too pushy yeah and just letting them freely explore right right and it's 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 even a struggle to me because i'm always like like okay he's showing interest in this like let's pull out like the the camera gimbal and let's see if he likes the little robot thing that noise that it makes and he'll he'll be into that but then like there's always a point where he's like all right (laughs) and just kind of walks away and like I set up all this stuff. I pushed too far today. Too much. um, But anyway, so like at that high school level, I think that's even what it is there is like kids need, uh, they need to find their love and they need to find that they have a support system for it. Because if Mm -hmm. they don't have those things, it will go away. Um, They will see it as it's, as if it's not valued in the world. Mm -hmm. If, people kind of treat it that way so 
I think I think at that level, at the high school level, it's it's not just it's not purely on this the kid to kind of do that. Which I mean, a lot of it is, but there's still again there's that support component. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've had a lot of people reach out to me over over the years of like, hey, I have uh, my kid is interested in in doing some of this stuff and would love to chat. I used to say yes a lot more to those things than I do now. It's just hard to do with crazy schedules already. But I always found that to be really interesting to to talk to kids and be like, all right, what are you interested in? And like their parent would be like right next to them. And I'm like, this is this is kind of weird. I know you're not going to like give me real answers yeah. on things. No, nobody's ever going to give a real answer for that, especially as creatives. Right. I mean, we all we're all coming from drama. I mean, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're I guess that's the thing. Like, parents are. I, I guess, like, even if somebody asked me some of the questions that I asked them at a high school level, like, I personally, I, d- I, don't, I wouldn't have been able to answer. All yeah. I knew was that I just enjoyed it. It made yeah. me happy. And could I have even said it made me happy at that time? Probably not. I would just say, like, huh. Like, <laughs> that's my response. Like, and I would just yeah. keep doing that thing. I'm just doing things. Right. Um, so, again, I guess in that, oh, well. Yeah, I was gonna say like those people that that call. It's I I love to see parents that are that supportive mm-hmm. of their kid, but at the same time, again, it's that delicate balance of kind of pushing. So, I believe that if a, a kid is interested and actually has a love for this, then they should pursue it mm-hmm. at the college level. Now, I have very mixed feelings on college these days uh as someone that has taught at a college i probably shouldn't talk about this too much um (laughs) but i think i think there's a a shift that's sort of happening right now where and this kind of comes from the employer level where it's becoming less and less important to have a college degree and more important to just be able to do this stuff really well Mm -hmm. and because of that you've there's a lot of like shorter term programs that are now kind of opening up to people to just specialize in that thing it's like okay yeah we don't give you a bachelor's degree but you can learn this thing just as well as you would in i don't know a 30 week program a year-long program i don't know um and the cost of college i believe is very significant (laughs) Um, so honestly, it's, it's tough for me to, to recommend college for every single high school student that I ever meet. Cause it's, mm-hmm. there's other alternatives. And I, I think that it's hard to see that right now for people because it's so that, that traditional path that we're supposed to take. Um, again, I'm, I, I don't regret going to college, but, um, I know a lot of people that do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but i I don't know it's one of these things like just being around people that are like yourself like that is worth so much more than any sort of piece of paper certificate um that anyone can give but um so I, i guess again like it's it's really about making sure that they love they really love this stuff before it's even thought about to do higher education when it comes to art. Um, and then, um, 
I don't know, I think whenever you're in college, I think that's that's when it becomes the focus of like, all right, now it's time to build a portfolio. Mm-hmm. Like if that's if that's the thing that you get out of college, then I mean that that is probably the most important thing that needs yeah. to come out of college, basically. Like you need to be able to show that you can be trusted to do the work. Mm-hmm. And it's it's tough because it takes a lot more time to do that stuff than just being in class every single day. Like you still need to do so much more work. In my case, anyway, it felt that way where mm-hmm. I was like, you know, the, the bare minimum wasn't enough when I was in college. It wasn't like if I was just to do the class projects, I still I still would have been behind by the time I graduated. Yeah. Um, and luckily, that's that's where the love of this stuff kind of comes in. That's why I always say it's like because you have to be able to do this stuff even when you're not asked to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what pushes you to a level that becomes very really valuable to companies basically yeah. um, and again with teaching at that college level I've seen that like it's it's difficult it's really difficult to try to balance multiple classes and be able to do all this kinds of work um, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What I, your thoughts? I really love higher education. I romanticize mm-hmm. it. I mean, right. for me, there is no better feeling for me in the world than walking through a college campus in fall when mm-hmm. everybody's still excited about their classes. You know, it's before midterm exams. And, you know, there's just there's this great feeling. Freshmen are excited. Seniors are ready for their last year. That is that is with hands down best experience for me. I yep. love it. I romanticize it. This is my dead poet society moment, right? <laughs> so I just I think for me something and going in because I'm thinking about like when I was when I was a kid and if somebody would have like if somebody would have come and spoke to I didn't take any art classes. I took engineering courses. I thought, oh, this will will help me. Maybe I'll become an engineer. I did not. Mm -hmm. I I don't like math. Um, (laughs) And I I think, though, if like, because I would go in and I would sit in the art classes and just hang out. And I think if somebody would have legitimately come in and had that conversation of, is this something that you actually want to do? I don't know, because I didn't think that that was really an option. And I've talked about that before is I didn't think that you could do something like this just because where I was at, like it wasn't. That wasn't something that they would they would harvest with and like try and harness with 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 kids, so I, I think that mm-hmm. having that parental support of okay you like this I'm gonna give you the space to do it in, and here are the opportunities to learn more not so much of a push but like here are the opportunities if you want to explore you can if you don't want to totally fine too, you know, right. so I think that. For me, like being able to kind of establish that is really key. And I wasn't really able to do that until I got to college and I was able to see those opportunities. So when I went to college, I had gone for history and business, dropped business, took up film. And um, I had gone into history really because I wanted to be a writer. But I didn't really see where I could go in creative writing. But I still wanted to tell stories. And history is a great way to be able to, you know, take important stories and tell them in new ways and do new study. And I thought that was really fascinating. And when I started off in acting and film, and then I got onto the other side and started writing, 
that was a whole new way of being able to tell those stories that I that I loved in history in a way that's more accessible to the to the, the average population. Because I mean the a, a normal person isn't going onto onto JSTOR and finding research papers. They're they're watching movies. They're they're right. you know they're they're watching important stories. And so that was something that I really wanted to do was tell important stories in a medium that was accessible to the average person. And I wouldn't have been able to kind of have that unless I would have gone to college. And that was that's always been kind of it's it's that it's that bridge between being a kid and going into adulthood. It's that time where if you really still need that time to be able to discover yourself and discover your passions. It's that little bridge to really, to really right, figure those right. things out, which is something I really appreciated. But on the other hand, there are programs where it just it doesn't fit for a lot of people. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of higher education doesn't fit for people. I um I have a good friend who he went to a, a, a two year school for um, for animation, and mm-hmm. he just he tried to go to a four year school and the the classes and the um you know a lot of the gen eds it, it didn't it didn't work for him, um and the way that he learns and he did much better going to a two year to just focus on those hard skills, right. and I think that that's something that a lot of four year institutions overlook are those hard skills. I think we get a lot into theorizing, which is really important. I mean, that's coming from somebody who, I mean, I'm a theorist. I like mm-hmm. watch things a million times and yellow pad them. But yep. I think that's I think that's something that a lot of those four-year institutions overlook. And we don't really give students the time to be able to create those really great portfolios because we're too busy trying to teach them the theory behind something and not mm-hmm. letting them do the thing. Which right, right. that's the perfect time to be working on those portfolios and building those hard skills so that we are not just, okay, well, I guess I'll just learn on the job. It's like, no, you're mm-hmm. learning now. So you're prepared for the job to learn new skills on the job. Right. Right. I think that's, that's a great point. Um, especially, I mean, again, for, for me, I, when I was in high school, I hated school. I didn't want to be there. Uh, every opportunity I could find to not be there, I took that. <laughs> Um, and it definitely changed for me whenever I was in college. It was, it was definitely a bit different, uh, where maybe it was just my effort level that just kind of changed where I'm like, okay, I'm paying a lot of money for this. (laughs) I need to make sure that I'm actually getting the most out of this. Um, but I, I didn't like, I always thought it was weird that I had to take English classes and math classes while trying to go to school for animation i'm like okay like some of that is relevant honestly most of it's really just teaching you how to learn and i think that's a really important thing yeah but i could certainly see the argument or make the argument that i was like that was kind of a waste yep um so like i guess my my general thought is that you shouldn't necessarily do something just for that piece of paper Mm -hmm. at the end because honestly when it comes to creative stuff it doesn't really mean anything now obviously if you enjoy school like someone like yourself it's a different story altogether um but for people that are like you know if your only goal is like just to break into the industry yeah i don't know i i don't know if it's it's necessary to have that bachelor's degree to be able to do that you know 
And there's a big thing of like the, the big difference is how you think about education because you can think about it in the very Aristotelian sense of we'll just get into philosophy. So like yeah, the uh, like the going. establishment of the school. So Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. I don't like Aristotle. I'll fight anybody about Aristotle. <laughs> kind of sucked. But um, <laughs> but the development of the institution of of university and higher education. I mean, the whole point was to be able to go and learn about other people and learn about yourself as well and think about big topics and philosophize right, and theorize about right. them. So a lot of that, like the, the gen ed courses are still in place just because they're, they're still there for you to be able to learn those big high concepts and to be able to think, get you to think in a different way. Mm-hmm. However, that's not for everyone. And if you're just going to school, if you're, if you're not going to school because like, the purpose of going to school is and going into higher education was originally for people who wanted to learn about bigger ideas and to sit there and have these big conversations and learn about other cultures or learn about different ways to write or different ways to think a lot about rhetoric and otherwise you would go into trade schools or you would learn hard skills and i think something that's become really muddied especially within um the American institutionalized education is that you need to have that piece of paper to be able to do anything. You right. need to be able to. That I mean, there you can't just go and have a hard skill, which I think is it's disheartening to me because that makes the issue of gen eds because those should be great classes that you're going and you're learning about new things and that should be a really great opportunity, but it, it weighs people down that they don't mm-hmm. need to take those classes. I mean, if you're going to learn hard skills, you're going to learn animation, you don't need to take those classes. You don't need to take another bajillionth math class. You know, right. you don't need to take another biology course. It's, you should be able to just go and learn what you want to learn. So I, there's that kind of difficult balance that I think a lot that I mean, we're seeing in American education that, I don't know, we're, we're not noticing and we're not really doing anything about because it's leading people away from that kind of education, which is a good thing too, because I mean, if it doesn't mm-hmm. work for you, it doesn't work for you. But yeah, I wish that there was something that that discussion was was focused more on, and that was something too in in my undergraduate uh, my undergraduate school at Wayne State, is they kind of switched that over. So they went from having a lot of gen eds to just like here are your just core classes we mm-hmm. wanted to take, and that's all because they knew that it was a smaller school, people were going there because they you know they. A lot of times people would go to Wayne because they didn't have the opportunities to go to really big schools and they can't afford to take, you know, a lot of gen ed classes. And that was them being very self-aware and conscious of, of their student body. But a lot of schools aren't conscious of that, which is, I think, really unfortunate. Right. Um, we could probably keep going into this topic of higher education. Yeah. But, but going <laughs> off of education. <laughs> right. Uh, basically, if you want to do it, great. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine, too. There's other options. Um, but again, I guess, again, going into creative industry, that primary goal needs to be, you know, if your intention is to, to work in a creative industry, that, that goal needs to be then to build a portfolio. Mm-hmm. And ideally, a specialized portfolio, which is really difficult to ask for of young people. Yeah. Um, but that's what we do. So, um, you know, f- for me, it was okay. If I'm going for animation, they're like, "All right, what do you? What's the? 
what's the job that you want to be hired for? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> I, I just want to be able to make stuff. I can animate stuff. I can model things. I can do 3D, 2D. I'm like, uh, I'm just going to call myself a generalist. Mm-hmm. And every time that somebody says that, you always get like <sighs> a little sigh of like, all right. Another one that wants to be a generalist. Oh, that's very interesting. Because I know so yeah. many, so many people where they have like the the grand variety of skills, and they refer to themselves as a generalist. And I'm always kind of curious as to to how, like, especially with you with animation, how you kind of perceive that. If you would prefer somebody to just this is what I do when I do 2D, and like this is this is my thing, or right. if you want somebody who can do it all. So this is something that this is a good topic right here. So this portfolio becomes important because it's almost two different places that you're applying to based on your portfolio. Mm -hmm. When you have more of a general portfolio, you're more valuable to smaller companies Mm -hmm. like ourselves in general. Um, Because, I mean, for us, we need, us at Made by Things, we need people that can do multiple things. Um, like that you can model things, you can animate things, you can do After Effects, you can get in the Cinema 4D, maybe you can rig in Maya. Like that's just kind of how we need to operate as a small company. Now, when you are able to specialize, you're able to, I I don't want to say you're able to as if it's like leveling up. I think it's just different. Um, But you become more valuable to larger companies, places like Pixar just giant 200 plus people companies because okay if you specialize in rigging in maya um yeah i mean anytime you specialize in something all of a sudden you reduce the competition that you'll have around that thing mm-hmm. i mean this applies to everything in the world basically so and people always talk about this like oh, i don't want to specialize in certain things um but specialization i think to a certain point, anyway, is always going to be important. Yeah. So when when we started Made by Things, it was uh, seven years ago. If you were to go to madebythings.com, well, nothing would come up because it wasn't named that at the time. But if you <laughs> went to, uh, let's see, at that point, it was Zwelly.co. Zwelly.co. That's what the name was. And uh, if you went to that site, you would see it. real big... You, you should. I mean, it's still you'll you'll find us. <laughs> um, uh, I I had on there like okay we could do web design, development, mm. photography, video, animation, branding. Um, it was it the was just literally marketing agency. Right. I was like, well, these are all the things that I know how to do. So let's offer them all. And it was not a hard lesson, but it was definitely a lesson of like just people being confused on when to actually reach out. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe one day we can add all that stuff back in. But at this moment right now, I made the conscious decision to just focus on animation. Like that was the thing that I've always loved the most. It was just, I don't know. So I was like, I I was scared to do that because I was like, well, I already do that during the day. Um, And to like do more of that during the night would just... I don't know how that's going to work. But anyway, whenever I made that switch, so I just said, okay, yep, we are Animation Studio. Um, all of a sudden, people knew why they were calling at that point. They yeah. knew exactly what they wanted. 
and it became easier for me to reach out to the right people. So specialization should always be seen as a good thing. Uh, I mean, think about it like a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, the specialists get paid significantly more than the general practitioners do. And there's a reason why, because they focus on that thing and they study that one thing mm-hmm. and they are really good at that thing. They're better than anyone else could be because they focus all of their attention to that one thing. So it's, it's not just being a specialist for the sake of it. It's when you're a specialist, it says, it, it tells the world about that thing that you think about way more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So for us, it, it became animation. Um, so I guess getting back to this idea of portfolio and specializing, it's not, it's not the most important thing in the world that you specialize in a portfolio. Um, but I think it helps. And also people so often college students think that they have to pick the thing that they have to be for the rest of their lives. And it's like, no, 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 you can, you can change your mind a year from now, like at any time. Mm -hmm. So like tell the world that you specialize in this one thing. If you don't like it, change it. I I feel like it's that easy, but it's, it's hard for people to see that because they think that like, okay, once I graduate college, this is my only chance. I only get one first impression and that's, a horrible way of looking at it and um I, it's if i could go back and change anything it probably would be that i don't know what i would specialize in still but i would say that like just being able to search those specific jobs even um became really important and i guess i can talk about that in just a minute but anything you wanted to add to that yeah i was just i was just thinking too um about portfolios and since we're kind of on that conversation, what is the mm-hmm. first thing that you you look for in a portfolio? Right, right. Um, Do you like having the best work first? I think it's interesting. I, if I'm being perfectly honest, and I'm going to say things right now that everyone in the industry does, but nobody wants to admit. Um, there are times where I'll watch a portfolio for 15 seconds and I turn it off immediately. It just, I don't, it makes me sound like a jerk, I'm sure, but... I think everyone does it. I do it. I, I, I think that's the case. But again, like, nobody wants to talk about that. But So it's like, for the most part, okay, are we talking about demo reels? Or are we talking about website portfolios? Either one. I mean, if you're okay. talking about an illustrator or animation, because I think it's really interesting. I saw a creative director recently. Um, talking about how when she's viewing portfolios, if she does not see your best work first, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that she's going to look at. Right. And I guess that's why I would say, like, yes, yes to that, because mm-hmm. if you only if there's a chance for me to click away in 15 seconds, I better see something good. Yep. Um, when I'm looking. OK, so if I'm looking for an illustrator or something like that, we'll start there. So. If I'm looking for an animator, I'm generally trying to find a demo reel as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as soon as I find that, then I'll watch that. I'll talk about that next. But starting first with like illustrators or uh, people that do more still image kind of stuff. Like if I'm really looking into their portfolio, um, I... <laughs> It really depends on the job that we're hiring for. If, if it's a freelance kind of thing, I'm always looking like, can they do this style? Um, so I, I always have a specific goal for everybody that I'm looking at. But if I'm 
just receive a random message. Somebody like, hey, I'm looking for a job and I'm an illustrator. I'll take a look at their work. And it's really easy to tell pretty quick. Like just scrolling through a website. Like, okay, do they do the quality that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. So more often than not, I feel like it's not necessarily like put your best work forward. It's just only have good work. <laughs> like, like it's, I don't know. Like your, I guess I asked the question of like, okay, what's the difference between somebody's best work and the worst thing on their portfolio? Mm-hmm. It's not honestly usually that big of a gap. So, I don't know. Like early on in people's careers or even in college, that gap could be significant because, you know, if you worked on something your sophomore year and you're like, oh, that's cool. And if you're not doing stuff that's better than that by your senior year, that might be a little bit of a red flag for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, or just something to kind of pay attention to. So it's like your work should 100% be getting better. Every three to six months, you should be able to tell Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, wow, like I'm getting better at this. So if if you're sharing stuff from your sophomore year as a senior, it means that you haven't made enough stuff. Yeah. So to me, that's... I don't know. I feel like that's the only scenario, really, where it's, like, super ultra important to make sure that your best work is showing up first. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, in general, keep that in mind. You have 15 seconds. Um, But at the same time, like, if... I don't know. I guess, you know, as far as, like, a demo reel goes, more often than not, I'll press play and see what the intro is. Um... I'll look at every little thing about it. I'm going to look at the timing. I'm going to look at your usage of type. Mm-hmm. Everything that you put in front of me, I'm going to analyze and I'm going to take that into account. So if you're not a great designer, but you're a really good animator, don't try to put, don't ruin it by designing something bad. Yeah. Cause I'm going to see that and I'm going to, I'm going to like, just put your name on there. Like you don't need to get cute or fancy with it. Like, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that just play to your strengths, really. Mm-hmm. But if you show me your weaknesses, I will see that and I will judge that. Um, so, again, I got, I'll start watching through it. Um, again, whenever I'm looking at these portfolios, I want to I make sure, one, that I can tell what you did. So this is the, the biggest problem that I see right now is that people just show images of their work or just put their demo reel in there. I I can't tell what they worked on. Right. I have no idea. I'm like, did you do the design? Did you do the animation? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me what I'm supposed to be kind of judging you on. Yeah. There's, there's been a lot of times where I've gotten really close to hiring people. Um, and I'll, I'll say like, Oh yeah, I love the design work you did on that. And then they'd say, Oh, that was a friend that I worked on that with. I'm like, Oh, Who's the friend? Okay. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> can you can you give me their email? <laughs> um, but I it just I see so much of that stuff, and it's like you got to be clear about what you've done. Yeah. In that. Um, and so if I'm watching through this demo reel, and it's just a bunch of random stuff, it's it's also hard for me to tell how skilled you are in certain things. So. You know, again, when you put a reel together. I'd rather it not be a general 3D reel. Mm-hmm. I want to see like, okay, he, unless you did every single part of it, then maybe you can say that. Um, 
but yeah, whenever I see that stuff and I'm like, I don't know what you made, or if I just see like a wireframe of something and then all of a sudden like a little effects explosion, it's just a whole bunch of random stuff. I'm like, okay, I can see that you're, you know, the software, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're actually interested in. Yep. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying before, like, I want, I want to hire people that love what they do. I don't, I don't like to hear it when someone's like, I can do whatever you need me to do. I'm like, I'm sure you might, but like, what are you into? Like, what is it that you love? And like, am I going to give you a job that you're not excited about? Like you're, are you just trying to get a paycheck out of this? Or is there something more that you're interested in? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's another thing that I look for is like, if I can see a lot of certain kind of work, then I can tell that what the passion is about that thing. So, and that's, it's a really subtle thing that I look for in all portfolios. Like if I, if I'm looking for an illustrator and I see a bunch of like hand-drawn style stuff, well, I'm not going to hire you and ask you to do a bunch of vector stuff. Yeah. So it just, it doesn't make sense to, to do that. Cause you're not really into that. It's not what you do. But, like, if I see a portfolio where it's just you're all over the place, I'll question certain things like that. Like, are okay, are you just trying to just do whatever you have to do to get the job? And for some, for some companies, that will be good enough. So I can honestly only speak from kind of my perspective. But go on. It looks like you want to say something. No, I was just – I was thinking about this, too, um, from like a script reading uh, position. When I'm doing coverage or if I'm reading or reviewing a script, I can pretty much tell if it's going to be good in the first page. Right. Based on just how they structure, how they choose to bring you in, and how they're choosing to deliver their characters. You can tell Mm -hmm. if it's going to be good first page right off the bat. And I think you can kind of put that over to portfolios as well. Mm -hmm. But something I was thinking about in this is looking at a lot of portfolios – you see some people where it's like, this is their one style. And this is all yep. they're doing. This is all they're showcasing. You have others where the style is everywhere. And I, I don't know. Unless I'm just kind of curious. I kind of know how I feel about this. But mm-hmm. what is your position on putting in, like, and including a lot of different styles? Or would you prefer somebody just specialize in their one style and stick to it? So... I think it, it depends on a couple of things. So if I'm looking for a freelancer, as when I'm looking for a freelancer, it's always different than if I'm looking for full time. Mm-hmm. Again, if I'm looking for full time, I do want to see a variety of different styles. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna like I, I want to see more than three to f- four pieces of your work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna show me different styles, like it should be kind of all over the place. Honestly, when you look at our portfolio, you'll see a bunch of different styles. Yeah. So like that. That's something that I do value is somebody that's able to do different things, but I need them to do it well. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing. Now, when we hire freelancers, in general, we are looking for specialists. So if we're going to look out for something like look for somebody that can just rig characters, then I want to see as much character, as many mm-hmm. character rigs as I can possibly find to make sure that I'm not making a risky decision. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what this whole thing comes down to is people trying to make the least risky decision that they possibly can. We're trying to always reduce the risk Mm -hmm. 
I mean, people, our clients are doing the same thing. They just want to know that if they trust us to do something, how big of a risk is it going to be? Yeah. And it's, it's that same way of like, okay, if I'm hiring somebody, who seems risky and who seems safe? Mm-hmm. Um, and I generally want the safe person. Yeah. Um, but there are times where I'm like, okay, this person right here, it seems risky. But like, why does it feel that way? Um, and I'll have a conversation with them and I'll, I'll talk to them. Like, here are my doubts about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, here's your chance to tell me that I'm wrong. Um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it's awkward. I think it's, it always leads to some of the, the purest and most transparent conversations that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, like telling this person that I haven't really known that well of like, all right, if you're to work with us, like here are the things that I'm not sure about. Mm-hmm. And if, I don't know, I guess overall, again, it's just reducing risk for people. So if I see a bunch of character rigs, then I am 100% confident in this person. It is an easy decision. Let's go, right? Um, but at the same time, if they only have one character rig that I've seen, I'm like, okay, that's not super convincing. Yeah. Not convincing enough. Um, so I, I guess ultimately what it is, like you need to prove the thing that you are saying that you can do. That's what a portfolio is. It's proof. And if you don't have enough proof, then it's just not going to be convincing. Yeah. Not enough anyway. Um, so honestly, I, I think that's, to answer the question a different way, I think that it's really up to the individual. Mm-hmm. If, if you love just one thing, like if you have just one style of doing things, go ahead. There will be a market for that. There will be times where you do not get work. You will be sitting and it will be quiet for some time. That's not always the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, you get to charge a little bit more than everyone else would be since you're a specialist. But you have to, I don't know, it might take a little bit longer for you to kind of find work in between Mm -hmm. projects, basically. Um, And there are times where if somebody can use your help constantly, you can get a full-time job. I can say confidently from like a small business standpoint, it's it's tough to again like if we were to hire a specialist that does one style well what do i do for four months whenever i don't have anything for them to do yeah and it's like i don't know it just doesn't work out super well so i don't know i think it's really up to the individual and kind of what their own personal goals are i suppose Mm -hmm. Uh, I, i don't think that there's a right or wrong answer to that i just i can tell you again Small businesses and large businesses prefer different things and just to make sure that you are targeting accordingly. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd say to that. I would also say a lot of that comes down to, like, knowing what you want out of your employer as well, even if you're just freelancing, like, who you want to work with. Um, Right. If you want to kind of tailor your portfolio and your resume to to a bigger company or if you want Mm -hmm. to tailor it to a smaller company. Because, I mean... A lot of that comes down to, do you like more intimate workspaces where you're going to be able Mm -hmm. to have that conversation with your direct employer? Or would you rather kind of work in the work in the bay with 200 other artists? You know, that's kind of that's something you have to reflect on and decide which way you want to go. Right. 
for sure. I, I think in general, in life, I think that's a, it's, I think about that with everything. Like I'm, I'm very big into everyone should have a specific goal that they're currently mm-hmm. trying to achieve. If you don't have that thing and it's not clear, then it's, you start making poor decisions. Yeah. But if you know exactly what you want and I don't know, and who you want to do that thing for, you can then start making really specific decisions. And again, that's that's where specialists generally win is that they they know exactly who they're communicating with. Exactly. They know exactly what that person wants to see. It's not like this big guessing game, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't again, I don't mean this whole thing to sound like you need to specialize. Um, but what I can say is there is a larger value for specialization again mm-hmm. with in, in a lot of cases, right? Again, I, I keep coming back to it. I'm like, yeah, we're a small company and we need people that are a little bit more general. You know, I say that, but at the same time, like I want them to be a solid T-shaped person, right? So they have a great depth of skill in one thing, but I want them to be good at adjacent Mm -hmm. skills, basically. Yeah. Like I don't need, I don't need them to be as good, but I need them to be able to, to do those things. So like, okay, I need you to be a great After Effects 2D animator, but I also need you to be good at 3D. I need you to under, like, understand it well enough to be able to jump in there and yeah. and make some decisions, right? So for me, like that's how I've built our entire team at Made by Things, is everybody is a T-shaped person, and I can almost chart all of everybody on the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I need to make sure that... I, so we are nine, ten, nine or ten full-time right now. Um, but every single person, I'm like, there's so much behind-the-scenes stuff that I do. Um, it's like, all right, what is that depth of skill that they have? Like, what is that thing? And what other things are they also good at? And like, where do I draw the line? And like, that's, that's kind of a tough thing. Like, I mean, just a couple days ago, we had you drawing some little storyboard stuff out. I know, just going on it. Um, and it's like, okay, now that's, that's one of those things. Like, so being, being a producer and facilitating, um, projects and client relationships that's that's the depth right there that we're looking for but outside of that it's like can you uh, you also have this experience with uh live action stuff Mm -hmm. i feel like that's on the other side of the t but it's like okay so now there's that um you can jump in there and sketch things if if need be like it's everybody is completely different but yeah i don't know it's that that's generally what I'm looking for is like great depth of skill and something that complements the team, but there needs to be overlap from person to person. For sure. So like through the whole team, I can see where that overlap is. It's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of thing. Yep. Um, like <laughs> seven degrees reference. of Shelby. That's a great reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that's to me, that's that's the dream team, right? So that's what I'm always kind of building. And as our team gets bigger, I'm trying to get more depth of skill in between all of the people that currently are on the team. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, Colin's really good at like these 2D animations here. Um, over time, it might be like, you know what? I kind of need somebody that can, you know, animate, <clears throat> uh, that, that can animate in 2D, but maybe more 3D animation mm-hmm. um, for, for different things. Like, I, it's, so it's like, 
the larger a company gets, the more... I'm visualizing this whole thing. I'm hoping it's coming through. No, no, no. I, like, <laughs> I, I give you the visual. You're good. Right. It's like, it's filling those, it's literally filling those gaps of yep. the T-shaped people. Right. And when you get to a certain point, like a company like Pixar, I mean, they still want their people to be T-shaped, I'm sure. But at the same time, they have great depth of skill in every single exactly. category. Um, so it's, I don't know it's kind of one of those those things and that's that's why again the specialists win at, at the higher level but you know having a specialty at that lower levels or lesser i don't want to say lesser uh smaller <laughs> companies yeah, yeah. um is still valuable but it's just kind of like making sure that that thing stands through um most importantly it's what is the job title that you want mm-hmm. and that's another part that gets me is that People that say, like, I'm an art director, and or I'm an animator, and then I start looking through the portfolio, I'm like, I don't, I don't are see it. Are you sure it. you are? You're right. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know if that's the right way to put that. Or, or I'll get people that are like, okay, I'm an art director. I'm like, well, I have a job posting right now for a creative director. So, I mean, yeah, maybe you're trying to level up right now, but... I don't want to be the guy that, <laughs> that, you know, like I want to make sure that you have some experience before I hire you in general. Yeah. Um, so it's like, again, it kind of comes down to that risk reward kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if you've never done this before, well, I know it's going to take a lot more of my time. And am I willing to do that? In some cases it might be yes. In some cases it's going to be no. Yeah. But if, if you're applying for a job that, is a different title than what's on your resume or portfolio. That's confusing to me. And I'm probably not going to hire you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I guess that's, that's kind of more on the, uh, the full-time side. If I'm looking more on the freelance side, again, I want to see that specialty in people. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see that, whatever that task is that I'm looking to have completed by somebody that they are completely capable of doing it and elevating our team. Yeah. But you know, even again, look at this T-shaped person. If I'm looking for a freelancer, it's because, okay, I need to fill this gap and I need to fill it just for a temporary mm-hmm. basis. I don't think it's going to be always needed, but that's how I learn as an employer of what, <laughs> what I need to hire for next. I, I constantly have a list of, I just wrote some stuff out an hour ago. I was like, all right, here are the five positions that I think we need to be looking for next. Yeah. And the tough part, tough part for me is trying to figure out which order to get those people in. But it's like, I try to identify gaps mm-hmm. and I try to fill those gaps with people that um, are great. Right. Um, yeah. We really went down this, this portfolio rabbit hole here. I think it's helpful uh, though. I, I really I, do. I agree. I I guess one of the reasons I like talking about this stuff is because when I was in high school, when I was graduating college, this isn't something that we really talked about. Yeah. We never really had somebody that was making hiring decisions to talk to. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm like, I'm perfectly open to being transparent. I've looked at thousands of portfolios over the last four years. I've, I don't know, I've interviewed dozens of people at this point i'm not going to say it's like more than anyone else but like enough to know what i'm 
looking for how I want the process to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think too, like speaking on the specialty idea is, and this is something that I've really noticed, especially, and this is, I'm going to speak to live action here. Um, hiring for live action can be so tricky with people because they get so stuck in their own heads about things and their own rut about how things should be shot, how things should be cut. And they're so many times I'll, I'll interview people and they're so unwilling to, to change their ideas. And I think that's a big thing too, of like, if you are specializing in something, being able to tweak or change little things to fit brand guidelines or to be able to fit the style or kind of what you're going towards, I think is also really important because yeah, it's great to specialize in something, but can you also like adjust for whatever mm-hmm. situation you're in? Because I've noticed that a lot, especially in live action of just the unwillingness to move. Right. I think it kind of gets us to the other side of things. It is not all about how amazing your work is. Mm-hmm. It's a, a good portion of it. That's how you get people's attention. But we won't work with anybody that is a jerk or that. I don't want to say this. I was going to say awkward people, but we hire awkward people all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm awkward. I'm so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the right amount of awkwardness. Um, <laughs> but I, there is a social component to everything. Yeah. There are people that uh, are on our team that were let go of previous employment because they just didn't fit in personality-wise. Yeah. And for us, they're working perfectly. So it's kind of one of these things where you're also trying to look for a personality fit. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing might be true if, you know, if somebody doesn't work with us, they might work really well with another team. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's another thing. Whenever I decide to have an interview with somebody, it means that I think that their work is good enough Let's see how they communicate. Mm-hmm. And let's learn something about who they are personally and maybe what drives them. Yeah. So uh, in, in your case, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to this. Let's go back okay. to hi- hiring Shelby. I'm going to get roasted. It, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, for you, it was, um, I was about to make a decision on on the roll uh later on a monday mm-hmm. and i believe it was monday morning or maybe even late friday i think you sent yeah. your resume over and um you just everything that you listed in your in your um in your resume i was like okay like this is this is somebody that can do this job mm-hmm. uh, i'm like but i'm making a decision at like three o'clock today <laughs> So, like, I quickly reached out. I'm like, hey, can you chat today? <laughs> and you're like, yep. I, pu- uh, I, I pushed everything. I was like, I'm having this conversation. Did you? I was <laughs> I, and I'm glad you did because, honestly, if you were to say, like, actually, maybe later this week, I probably, I, I may have already made a decision by that point. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know exactly what I've done. But I'm just saying, like, that's a risk that you take when you don't take those opportunities immediately. And um, I think that kind of goes into the personality a little bit more and just how you communicate. So, you know, I always want to work with people that can communicate well. 
I think that's probably the most important thing, especially since we have a remote team. They need to be able mm-hmm. to write decently. I can deal with grammar mistakes. I'm not going to be all over that. But um, being able to articulate your thoughts well and effectively right. and efficiently mm-hmm. are important. Right. Right. And so to me, that's usually what I'm looking for. Like in the interview is like, all right, can I trust them to tell me when something's wrong or, um, or, you know, if they don't like an idea, how do they, how do they say that? Mm-hmm. Like, do they not say anything at all? Are they overly aggressive about it? Or can they find this way of saying that they don't think that something is a good idea? And I, it's, if that's the scale I'm looking at, obviously I want people that can, that can communicate without causing conflict. Being able to voice your opinions without being harmful is a right, really right. delicate balance. Right, it is. And I think, to me, it almost kind of comes to, like, empathy. Like, does this person have any empathy at all? Yeah. Are they psychopaths? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I generally like to work with people that care about other people. Yeah. So I feel like that's who I am, so that's who I try to surround myself with. Well, and that's a lot of the Made by Things brand, though, too, is the focus on story and the focus on people. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're somebody that fits into that, and that's that's something important, is look at what that company's branding is and what their right. what their mission statement is. Because that was something when I was hiring, or when I was looking at Made by Things, I had looked at the job posting like a month before. And I had gone through the whole website, and I was like, this is a really, really cool company. I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay where I'm at right now, I'm kind of figuring some stuff out, I, I, will, I yeah. won't apply just yet. And some stuff happened, I was like, okay, okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply. But that was something that, when I was looking through, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I relate so much to all of this, and that focus on story, and that drive. And when I was looking through the, 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 the producer listing, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is this is perfect. I would love this. I would love doing this job and I would love working for this company. So that was really important to me. And I think that when you are looking for companies, does that culture kind of jive with your own morals and where you want to be? Because if it doesn't, don't apply there. Don't right. because you're not gonna fit in and it's it's not gonna work out. It's better that if you know about that company and you know what they're they're into and what their mission is, that's that's good for you. I mean, if, if you're able to work someplace where you feel passionately about what they want to do, that that's going to create a better relationship. Right. Um, we could probably do a part two on this someday. And Honestly, if, if yeah. you If you all want to have that, let us know, because I'm sure we have a lot more to talk about here. But let's, uh, let's go with some final thoughts here, Shelby. Okay. Um, for me, I think that since we were able to kind of start on like what, that, what those beginning steps are, I think, and I do think we should do a part two. I think it'd be really fun. Um, but this part one, I would say so much of starting off is being able to self-reflect and being aware of who you are and what you want and where you want to be. Um, being aware of your own styles for your portfolio, being aware of your best work, talking to other people, getting feedback about your work is really important. Um, and since we were kind of speaking more to kind of that schooling is using that opportunity while you're in school, whether it be high school or post-secondary, being able to sit there and, and really reflect on what you want to do to work on your specialties then, because it's a great opportunity to while you're in school. And especially taking 
taking those opportunities whenever you can. If somebody is coming to your school, go and listen to them and hear what they have to say because it's not often that people will, will come and speak to these things, especially from a hiring perspective. Um, and then also taking those opportunities too where if you get the chance to work on like a student short film or something like that, you know, go work on it. It doesn't matter. Go have, go have some fun. You're going to learn something, right. even if it is just for fun. So taking part in those, those opportunities and self-reflecting on where you want to be and what really drives you and makes you feel passionate is going to be kind of the best jumping off point to being able to have a successful career as a creative. Yeah, love it. Uh, let's see. What I would say is um, don't be afraid to make decisions now that you might f- want to change later. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I think it's the most important thing. Again, I talk about specializing a lot in this, in this podcast. but um, And I guess I bring it up so much because I was afraid of that myself. Yeah. And I probably still am a little bit. I think everybody today. is. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I think that what people don't realize, it's like, oh, okay, like you're not making decisions for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's not a permanent decision on like what you choose to specialize in. You can always change it to something else. Yeah. But when you do that, you need to prove it. You need to prove that you can do that thing. So you can't just one day say, you know what? Uh, I've been doing character animation, but now I want to do visual effects mm-hmm. um i mean you you can but you need to make sure that you have that portfolio in place and yeah. it's ready to go that you can prove that statement of i am a visual effects artist now i'm not saying that you have to have professional client work on there you can always fill your portfolio with personal stuff like it still is just fine uh, as long as it's good basically but I'd say that's my number one piece of advice is that you're you're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. And if I say that quote one more time by Alan Watts in the podcast, I want somebody to slap me. It's been like, that's at least 12 times now that I've said that. You're going to put it up everywhere. It's going to go on the website. We're going to make t-shirts. Like I would wear that t-shirt. Me too, honestly. That, that would be pretty, uh, Reminder. pretty in- inspiring to people, I feel like. <laughs> One of those things that somebody would just like walk up to you crying and just give you a hug. <laughs> I needed that today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I like you said, I, I think that this could definitely be a part two because we kind of stopped at that portfolio part and we kind of got to that interview portion mm-hmm. of things. And I think that there's there's still a lot to talk about even beyond that point. Yeah. Um, but we'll save it for now. And... Uh, Yeah. Anything else you want to add? I think I'm good. All right. To everybody out there listening, uh, it's been almost 10 months now since recording the first Command Z show. Oh, gosh. Um, I know. It's been uh, been a bit. I miss miss Dylan, too. I want to get... Let's get Dylan back someday. Let's do it. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm sure he'd do it. Um, but anyway, I, uh, I've really loved doing this. I really have. And it's, it's been fun to get all these guests on. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's been fun to just really dive deep into certain topics. And if, uh, if any of you have any certain ideas or questions that you want us to talk about, let us know. Um, 
Or even if you're interested in being on the podcast, I'm careful with saying that because I don't want like 50 messages in my inbox tomorrow. But um, they're all gonna be me. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, I would like to be on there. <laughs> I want to be on. Uh, and uh, I don't know, like, I if if you do want to be on, let us know and let us know the thing that you think you're qualified to speak on in detail. That's that's generally what we're looking for. Um, but yeah, the reason I bring this up of like over the last 10 months, I don't want to say that we're running out of topics, but I think that at this point, uh, we want to hear from, from everybody else. We want to hear what, what you want to know more about. So let us know. And then also give us like 15 stars on iTunes or whatever. Yeah. Review and stuff. For fun. Uh, share, share it with your friends and that'd be cool. Probably. Okay. That's all I got. All right. Love you. Bye. Nancy Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.